Well, welcome uh, once again to the To Be Discussed podcast. My name's Riley Payne, and I've got, uh, once again, my good friend Adrian Herndon here, where we just sit around and we discuss uh, topics that are at the forefront of our discussion as people uh, and as a community. Uh, today, our discussion is going to be about American culture, and not necessarily good or bad, but, but how it affects the way we view certain things. Uh, this was a discussion that he and I have had off and on several times, and so I said, hey, why don't we make this one of our podcast discussions? Right, and the interesting thing about, uh, as we mentioned uh, last week, we talked about cultures and different cultures. Uh, the interesting thing about um, American culture, it kind of what you would call a mixing pot, mm-hmm. and everything, or a melting pot, and everything kind of just runs together, but at the same time, you can uh, pick the, pick apart um, different uh, aspects of it as far as how people dress, the way they talk, um, their values, uh, and, and values is one of the big things that, um, one of the main things that we're going to talk about uh, tonight, and, and how we view uh, different things about ourselves, whether it be family, um Money and, and and how all that's different from the rest of the world. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So uh, as we kind of start out this discussion, and I told you from the as we were kind of talking about this pre-show, you know, and looking at what we wanted to talk about and how we wanted to put it together, I told you I said, well, we need to start with how our American culture changes the way we view the Bible, because really that kind of trickles down into some of the other things that we're going to talk about a little bit later on. And one of the main things that I want to start out with, okay, is the way that the American culture uh, affects the view of the Bible in terms of, like, the end times. Right. So, especially with the COVID uh, pandemic, uh, COVID-19 pandemic, we saw a lot of finger pointing. Oh, that's the mark of the beast. Oh, this is the Antichrist. And, <laughs> and all of these outlandish things and parts of the conversation. And what I kept seeing there thinking as I would hear all these things is, uh, remember when Revelation was written, America didn't exist. Therefore, the events of Revelation are not predicated on the events happening in America. Exactly. But, because of the way American culture works, and the way that we tend to view things, that began to change or shift the way that we saw the Bible. Right. I think, and not to point fingers or anything, but I remember um, you don't hear a lot of preaching or teaching on this on this type of thing in churches anymore. I remember growing up in church and you know a lot of the sermons that were preached, uh, they weren't shaped or formed around what was going on in that specific time in the Bible. Mm-hmm. You know, I think one of the things that... Uh, and, and preaching, especially in today's uh, society, is that you hear a lot of preaching about uh, the the blessing, how to get blessed, and uh, uh, it's more material based than it is a, a, um, about spiritual based, or, or how to get healed. Yes, and, and those yeah. type, and and so not to take away from those. Yes, God wants those things, but it's also important to know context, what was happening. In this time, to better understand the meaning of what God wants and what He's trying to tell us, 
in his word other than taking a a text and fitting it uh to our lives and how we would want it uh to fit um you see a lot of that and like i said some some preaching and some text calls for that but mm-hmm. when you're preaching from say a, a a book a chapter out of isaiah you know <laughs> and it's talking about uh end time things or um israel it's not it's not for our just our own necessity but god wants us out wants us to get something out of it he's, he's telling us for a specific reason not something that's necessarily based around our own culture well that and and when you're looking at something like that here's what we have to remember when we're reading the bible is there are things promises um blessings all that they're specific Right. right, and they were specific to that time and that place and those people. Mm-hmm. But even in those passages, there's an overall principle, right, that's universal and right. eternal. Right. Uh, that's not as specific. And so that's how you can kind of wade through. Now, this is not to say that America is the only uh, uh, group of people, that Americans are the, that we're the only ones that make this type of mistake. But one of the reasons I wanted to point this out specifically about America, and we're going to see this in a few moments, um, we make it so much about me, me, me. And that's how America is geared. From the time that you're born, you're pushed to, okay, you got to go to school, and then when you've got to be you know, the best student, and you've got to be the best athlete, and you've got to go and be the best collegiate person, uh, student that you can be. And then you've got to go be the best employee, and you've got you, you, you. And so you begin from an early age to think about me, 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 and that changes the way that you view everything else. So as a result of that, as you're reading this, uh, the Bible, it says, you know, blessed be those that, oh, that's me. Now, yes, there's something very personal about the Bible, right? And we talk about that uh, with everybody, that yes, there are specific, very personal, you can insert where it says God so loved the world and, and all those things. But there's other things that you can't do that with. And that's where you have to be careful. You can't just dive right in and say, okay, I'm going to go get the blessings of David. Or I'm going to go get the blessings of Isaiah or Elijah or whoever it may be. Mm-hmm. You can't just go claim those, you know, and there's preachers who will tell you you can't. You can't. You can't just go claim those blessings for yourself because it's not about you. Right. And <laughs> you have to, well, we have to actually realize what David went through and what Isaiah went through are totally different than what our lives, mm-hmm. and especially in this day and time, what we may go through. Now, there are some points where we may able to be able to look at it and say, hey, okay, this relates to me. But like you said, we can't go and claim what they had because they went through something very specific in order to, to be blessed or to gain what they have. Um, there's not a lot of people out there that wakes up and say, hmm, today I want to... Yeah, uh, I, I I want to be a prophet, mm-hmm. you know, you know, uh, because with that you 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 make that kind of statement is a bold statement for one, but also you have to go through certain things in order to be able to maintain that position, um, and, and what Isaiah went through, what Jeremiah went through, uh, and and uh, who else, um. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Elijah. Elijah, yeah, that's yeah. the other one. Uh, what they went through was very specific. It, it, and according to their lives and how God want, wanted them their life to be and who God wanted them to be at that point in time. So it's, 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 
not okay. And sometimes it can be dangerous that we, we you know, read the Bible and uh, claim those type of things because we don't know what we're claiming. We don't know what kind of burden we may be, unnecessary burden we may put, be putting on our lives. Well, like everybody's, one of their favorite verses you see all over coffee cups is Jeremiah 29, 11. Right. Do they not realize, and, and most <laughs> people don't, God bless them, they don't realize those people were in captivity. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you can claim that promise, but go into captivity. Go get beat. Go get robbed. Go get ripped up. And then he'll tell you, yeah. I have a plan. Now, does that mean God doesn't have a plan? No, that's not what I'm saying at all. But I'm saying you have to be very, very careful right. about that. Another one that we, and this is the one that I really wanted to talk about very quickly as we kind of look at Americanizing uh, the Bible is Second Chronicles seven fourteen. If my people who are called by my name will he, uh, seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will he, hear uh, uh, heal their land. Mm-hmm. That was for Israel, right? We can't just say, "Oh, that's how it's going to work in America." Now, again, there's a principle that if people will seek God's face and turn from their wicked ways, then He'll hear them and He'll. Act according to his plan. Right. But his plan for Israel was, I'm going to heal their land. His plan for America may be, we're going to let it burn to the ground. Right. <laughs> we, 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 you know, we don't know. We don't know. And so we have to be careful to claim that we're saying, oh, well, if we do this, oh, it's going to be all right. Because what we're really saying is, if we do that, then he'll put in the politicians that we want into office and we'll get to vote the way that we want to vote, is what we're actually saying if we're going to be honest. Right. And, um... It's a powerful statement uh, in the Bible that Jesus makes um, when he's in the uh, the Garden of Gethsemane. He's praying before he, this is before he uh, before he's uh, about to get crucified, and he's saying, you know, if if it be possible, you know, Father, allow this cup to pass by me. But he says, nevertheless, not my will be done, but Your will be done. It's a powerful statement because I believe when we get to that point in our lives, when you know. In that relationship and our walk with God, well, we start to say, okay, God, I know what I want. You know, mm-hmm. I know what I desire, but ultimately, ultimately I, I, I know that it's going to be your will that is done. And if it's your will, then I know it's for what's best. So I desire that your will be done. Um, and so you talk about politics, you know, we, we talk about politics all the time, you know, <laughs> and, but realistically, if it's who God wants in office, that's who's going to be in office. If that's his will, according to his will, that he has for our country, our nation, um, that's what's going to happen. And not just politics, anything. You, you can, uh, in, in your pers- in, in personal life, you mm-hmm. know, if, if something's not going our way, okay, instead of complaining about it and getting upset, let's see. Why uh, is God allowing that to Exactly. Happen? What is this meant? Why? Okay. What am I supposed to learn? What Lord? What do you want me to get out of this? And I think that has a, and I'm guilty of this too. Is in America when we we don't get things that and it doesn't go our way, we don't get what we want. We automatically um, complain. You know, we get upset. Or if you Christian, sometimes we say it ain't nothing but the devil. Well, sometimes we give uh, the devil a little bit more credit than what. Uh, he deserved, yeah. yeah, because a lot of the times, or most of the time, if any, he has to. Well, I'm not going to say most of the time, he has to be um, 
before God and get permission from God in order to affect anything that happens in our lives. But he can't make any he can't make anything happen without God's permission. So a lot of times when we're we're, we're it's still God, whether it be his decreed yeah. will or per, permissed will. And a lot of times when we do that, it's like it's, you just imagine saying, you know, like, hey, I, I ain't had nothing to do with, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but most of the time it's God. It's God trying to get our attention or, you know, he's trying and he's trying to show us something. Um, so that's when, you know, we in America, as Americans, you know, it's, it's we have to be careful and be mindful of, of the things that we say, um, the things that we do and how we view certain things. Well, we've got to realize the Bible is not McDonald's and God's not the manager. Exactly. We can't have it our way. It just doesn't work that way. And, and we also, it goes back to what I said earlier, we have to get out of that mindset about me, 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 because what you said earlier, you know, uh, Jesus said, not my will, but thine be done. He's literally saying it's not about me. Right. You know, and, and he's setting that example that we have to to say, yeah, it's it's not about me. So, so we know that. Of course, you know, American culture can affect the way we view the Bible, but because of that, right, because of the way that it affects that and us trying to constantly insert ourselves or our opinion or our thoughts into Scripture, it trickles into other things. Uh, and the, the, the next thing that I wanted to kind of move on as we move on here and talk about is how it affects the way uh, we view the family unit. Right. Because it definitely does. The way that we view the family unit is completely different in most cases than other places in the world, uh, other countries. Um, specifically, the way that we do or don't take care of our children and the way that we do or don't esteem our elders. Right, right. And that's a, man, that's a, a, a big one right there because... Um, just to start off here, uh, I remember being, and I, I tell this uh, story quite a bit, when I was a maybe 11, maybe 4th or 5th grade one, I remember being at school, being at school amongst a group of my friends and us having a conversation. I don't, I don't remember what brought it up, but um, one of my friends asked me about my dad. And he was like, well, where's your dad? I said, he's at home. He said, your dad live with y'all? I was like, yeah. With your mama? Yes. And they married? Yes. And I realized in that day, at that age, that young age, I realized a lot of my friends didn't have that privilege to have a father in the house or that their parents were married. And I saw that from that, from that very day, I realized that, I, for one, I was blessed, but two... This is a serious thing that that's happening in America, and it almost is as bad as like it's become a trend. Because even though today you, you and I'm starting, I'm glad I'm starting to see more fathers, you know, in in the household. But there's still a a major issue uh, where there aren't any, and and some kids don't don't know how to act, especially uh, in, in working at in the school. Um, and talking with some of the some of the kids, the guy, the the boys, they don't realize uh, what a true male role model is mm -hmm. because they've never seen it. Uh, it may be granddaddy may may not be in their lives, uh, uncle, um, or whoever. You know, they might not have that role model, but they may have a bigger cousin that they look up to. Um, 
But if that that person that they have in their life isn't necessarily leading uh leading by a good example or being a good influence, whatever they see is what they're going to reenact. And so um in American culture, like I said, our values on the family is is very different. Well, and a lot of that's driven by one, the male's idea that we'll just go do what we want to do. And then the female idea of, well, I don't need a man. And so so you have these two competing thoughts, and it goes back to what I said in the beginning. It's about me, me, me. Right. You have two individuals instead of a couple. And, and you've got uh, these individuals who don't want to make sacrifices, who don't want to put in the hard work, who don't want to do these things. And I'm not saying all situations are like that at all, but I'm saying that there is a large portion that, that that's the case. Right. And so they just say it's what you said. It's easy I'll just go get a divorce. I'll walk away. I don't have to do this. And so that affects how we do or don't treat our kids. But even in the context, what I'm starting to see is even in the context of a two-parent home, Mm -hmm. there are kids being left to fend for themselves. Right. And that's sad. I, I, and I've seen this a lot, uh, quite a bit, um, with my, amongst my friends. Like I said, I was, I, I, I'm, I'm blessed and, Privileged to have both of my parents and have grown up uh, with having both my parents uh, in the same household. But I seen with my friends, uh, they had, man, they went through some struggles growing up that I would have never imagined as a kid. Um, and one, just either not having someone that they could lean on or people that they could trust or having to do this or having to grow up fast. Mm-hmm. And 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 be in a situation of a grown up, and get grown up and get things done at as if they were grown up, but they were a kid, and sometimes that scarred their view on certain things because they had to grow up at such a young age, mm-hmm. and they never experienced what it was really like to be a kid. Yes, they you know they went to school, they had friends and whatever, but um, at home it was a different life. Even with a two-parent home. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and a lot of that comes from people not wanting to... They they want kids, but they don't want the responsibility of kids. Yeah. They like like being able to say, I've got a kid. I like the tax (laughs) exemption, you know, or the tax credit, but I don't really want a kid. And so then we'll go and do our thing and we'll leave the kids alone. You know, they'll figure it out. They're human beings. They got a brain, you know. And then it translates into, okay, now this kid who should be enjoying uh, high school life with his friends and all and all those things, now he's got to go get a job to make money because, you know, mom and dad are out blowing and going and doing their own thing. Right. Right? And, and so it starts to interfere with his grades. It starts to interfere with his social um, abilities, you know, to socialize and, and things like that, his social life. Right. And that's sad. But again, it all comes back to this idea of me, me, me. Right. Uh, and, and then not only, though, do we see that in translation with kids, uh, but we also see that in how we view, uh, our views of older people are different. So in other countries, especially uh, places like uh, Mexico and uh, England and Europe and uh, China, mm-hmm. The, the elders are, are highly esteemed. I mean, you, you better not disrespect one of them. And sadly, we've gotten to a point where we're just, oh, they're just old fogies. 
You know, they don't know nothing. What, right. what, what You know, or they, they're whatever. I'm not going to go, you know, it's not the cool thing to go talk to them. Or right. to go sit down. But we talked about this last week. Right. Now, now both of us have, have gleaned things from that conversation. But it's interesting to me that we in America are the ones that, that have that. The rest of the world's got kind of a, a different view where they esteem the But for whatever reason, we here in America put them on the shelf. I don't. And I constantly, and even now, I, I, I think about, you know, where, you ask that question, okay, where did we go wrong? What step did we miss or what step was missed uh, in the process of that happening? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know as if it, it got to the point where, you know, you, you talk about uh, what they call Generation X. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was probably what, the 80s, mm-hmm. um, around the 80s. Early '90s, where you start, you seeing, you started seeing more teenagers, um, teenage pregnancies, and so you start with, with more teenage pregnancies, you start having younger grandparents. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it could have started there, and you know, by the time a child was seventeen, their mom had them when they were seventeen. Okay, now I'm seventeen, my mom's thirty-four. She's mm-hmm. still young, you know, um, or something like that. You know, you can't really. Say or pinpoint when it happened, but all I know is it happened, and so it's it's now you have uh, younger people, you know, not wanting to respect their elders. As we talked about last week, man, there's a lot of wisdom that you can just get from elders, uh, and that you can just, man, life stories that's full of treasures, it's goodness and and grace, you mm-hmm. know. And you, you, you miss out on those things as you if as you go through life if you're not taking the time out to actually want to sit down and listen. Or even if they're telling you, hey, you should do this uh, instead of this. You know, take heed. You know, they, they've been... It's, it's a possibility that they have been there before and they know the possible outcome, you know, if you were to go down that path. So it's okay. Like I said last week, it, it is perfectly okay to listen to, to elders, but... In America, man, we've gotten away from that. And it's sad. It's very, it's very sad to see how we've just moved our elders to the side. And, and we basically tell them, okay, you've had your your glory days, but there's so much wisdom, so so much love, so much care that mm-hmm. we've just cast to the wayside there when we do those things. And, that, and, and you and I talked about this before we came on. There's a scene in the newsroom that we yeah. were talking about where, you know, Jeff Daniels, it's all the things that we're not number one at. And by the way, those are real statistics that he uses in the movie. Um, and I highly believe, strongly believe, that one of the reasons that that has happened and it has deteriorated over time is because of what we're talking about, where we just put them on the shelf and we don't <laughs> talk to them. Because here's the people that were the backbone of America, the people that got us to the point that we were, and then we just said, okay, we'll take it from here, you go sit down, be quiet, we'll do it our way. And what we've seen uh, from that point on is just a steady decline. And, and you're right, uh, with that generation that runs up into the, the late 70s and early 80s, and then from there they just kind of moved on and mm-hmm. said, hey, we'll take it from here. And you started to see more of that where the the mothers were having children. So, yeah, okay, now they're their friends instead of their parents. Right. And because they're friends, okay, we don't have to go talk to Grandma and Grandpa. You know, we, right. and, then, and then that leads to we don't have to go talk to Great-Grandma and Great-Grandpa. 
Yep. And all of those things, and, and it's just a domino effect because once that starts, it's very hard to reverse because now you've got one generation teaching another who's going to teach another and so on and so forth. And, and you look back through history when that has been done mm-hmm. is when you start to, to see a deteriorating society. Right. And, and that's the thing about it is being able to look back because that's when you start to connect the dots. Okay, so we're going to, this is a little bit of uh, sociology slash psychology lesson. A child acts the way it acts, they act because they've seen mom and dad do something. Mm-hmm. And since they've seen mom and dad do it, and mom and dad didn't have, you know, they might may not have seen the consequences mom and dad had to deal with, they think, okay, all right, my mom and dad did it, you know, and nothing happened to them. <laughs> so. If I do it, there's nothing going to happen to me. Mm-hmm. And so growing up, they continue to to do the same thing. It's the same cycle. And because they didn't see the consequences that mom and dad had to deal with, they're starting to see, and they will, and trust me when I say they will, you will start to see or experience those consequences. Um, and you and, and it hurts because now it's like, okay, man, you know, how come... You know, my mom and dad did the same thing. Nothing happened to them. Well, literally, did you, you did you not know it happened to them? They might not. You might not have seen it. They might not have been vocal with it, but it happens. And so, when you see that trend, and you see kids doing things. You have to remember, and even for myself, you have to remember. Okay, maybe it's something that they've seen before, and maybe because since they haven't been told that it's not okay to do, then that's why they're doing it. And this is this is where I remember, man, my mom and dad tell stories all the time when they were growing up. And my, my parents are in their 50s. Mm-hmm. And they tell stories, man, when we was little, they're like, when we was little, man, it, we could walk down the street and if a grown person saw us doing something bad, they would get on us, get on to us. Mm-hmm. And then later on, they go tell our parents and when we got home, our parents would get, so it was, you got double punishment. But that's how things were back in the day. And they respected that person because they were older. Yeah. And, and you, it wasn't the parents. You didn't see, you know, it wasn't parents, you know, going back. You don't discipline my... It, they weren't upset because they, they realized if my child was in the wrong and they knew they were in the wrong and someone stepped up and said, hey, you shouldn't have done that and got on to them, then that was okay. But today, you... You see parents that get upset if anyone says anything to their child. Mm-hmm. And it makes it hard, um, especially being in, in, in the school system. Because it's nowadays where everybody, you got to be sensitive about what you say to kids or to anyone. Um, it's hard to discipline a child, say, at school. Because that child could go back and tell their parent anything, and that parent, the first thing that parent gonna is going to do, is take that child's side before they get the context of what that child did. Mm-hmm. And so now the parents up is upset and up at school, and they're mad, but they didn't know that their child did something that they weren't supposed to do, and the person in charge, rightfully so, was uh, did what they were supposed to as far as disciplining this disciplining disciplining them um but that's what that's what we deal with in today's society is is the younger people um not wanting to 
respect the elders. And if they get in trouble, then they think that, you know, oh, they're wrong. They should have never said anything to me. And you're already ingraining in them. You don't need them. You can question them. You got this figured out. Right. That was that. It's interesting you said that because that was uh, <laughs> one of the uh, things that we talked about last night at church. It was like a side conversation was um, seniors in high mm. school. Uh, they know everything. The, well, they think they, they yeah, I think they know everything. You, you know, I'm grown. I, you know, I, I, I can do this. I'm gonna do this. They, and then um, was last night. You know, one of our one of our students couldn't find his keys, but he's a senior. He knows everything, but he loses his car keys. <laughs> but so it, it's just it's just funny to think back on those times, even for myself to remember to think back. Man, I thought I knew everything when I was a senior in high school. You couldn't tell me nothing. You couldn't tell me uh, be home at this time. You couldn't tell me. Um, this is that. This is how you. This is how you're supposed to. I mean, me and my mom got into it a lot because it was things that I thought I was old enough to do that I really wasn't. And I thought like I'm growing. I'm a senior. I'm about to get. I'm about to graduate. Go to college. You know, give me trust me. Yeah, that was my main thing. You got to trust me. But I remember it was one time I I, I I I said that to my mom and I went out and did something I knew I wasn't supposed to do. <laughs> and the next day, I mean. I felt bad about it because I lied to her for one. And then I felt bad because I knew better. But that just shows me as, as I've gotten older, I've learned, man, I don't know everything for one. And two, when I was, man, younger me was full of himself. And, and we need those older people. Yes. And we need to rely on them yeah. and esteem them uh, the way that they need to be esteemed. So, as we kind of get ready to wrap up, there was one more. It was kind of more of a fun thing um, for me that I wanted to uh, talk about real quick. And that was, okay, how American culture is different in the way that we kind of dress and act and, and do things socially. And you had some stuff on this, didn't you? Um, as far as materialistic views go, mm-hmm. um, and... I'm kind of careful about how I say this or what I'm going to say here. Be- it's okay. We already ran yeah. off the viewer, the listeners <laughs> with the first part. Um, so, so being me being a musician, right? Mm-hmm. I listen to a lot of music, uh, and I, I see a lot of artists and everything, and how they dress, how they act, and then I go out in public and I see these kids or I see people it ain't got to be kids. It's some adults that act the exact same way that these, <laughs> I mean, some of them dress to the T the way some of these, uh, artists dress, they talk, they want to rap like them. Mm-hmm. It's everything. And I'm like, y'all have, y'all don't have a clue for one. This is why I don't listen to a lot of rap. Uh, <laughs> I don't understand what they're saying. They don't either, <laughs> but the beat sounds nice. <laughs> And and so, in in today in today's culture, you see stuff like that. And one of the big parts of it is the materialistic views of it, values of it, mm-hmm. is because when when you talk about materialistic uh, things, you know, we talk about cars, uh, we talk about um, jewelry, clothes, and all this.
wasn't going to go casual. That wasn't him. You know, that wasn't his culture. That wasn't where he came from. You go to Europe and they're always dressed up. You know, it, uh, suits are still a common thing and, and shirts and ties are still a common thing and women in dresses are still a common thing. <laughs> and I'm not saying that you have to do those things all the time, but I am saying that maybe, just maybe, it would change our mindset and our outlook if we would just dress up a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> so, man, that, and that, that, that is true. Um, it's crazy because you realize how, how just cool that because here you were like, man, why the heck does he dress like that every day? You got some kind of, you know, what's so important that he is dressed, creased down from head to toe. Mm -hmm. And, but you have to realize, okay, maybe this is something that he's used to for one. And maybe he just, you know, this is what I like to wear. Yeah, he just liked to look nice. Yeah. And I thought that was cool. You yeah. know, I, I enjoyed conversations with him. I, yeah. And he enjoyed it because I knew how to tie tie perfectly <laughs> and make the nice knot and all that. He didn't know that part, so I had to teach him. Oh, that was pretty cool. <laughs> uh, you know, and, and do all those things. But then you and I have this conversation quite a bit. you got to get out and go eat places that are nice. Like, it's okay every right. once in a while to go somewhere nice. Yeah. <laughs> I think, man, and... America, man, we're so lax about things. We're just mm -hmm. chill, you know, just laid back. And that's <clears throat> what's so crazy about us. Yes, we're that, but as soon as something goes wrong, <laughs> we're uptight. We're ready to go fight. And Why? Get, yeah. <laughs> but we're the most chill, mean people there is. <laughs> but um, that's just, I mean, that's just American, a part of American culture. And, um, and you know, I, I, I love uh, my country. I love my uh, my nation. I, I love where we're from. And we're not in any way trying to bash America today. No. <laughs> we're, just, we're just pointing out some things that are different that maybe, hey, we can take a step back in our own lives and look at and say, hey, we could maybe learn from, from other cultures. Right. And then, man, I, I love learning and reading about, you know, how stuff, how they do things in Asia. I, I constantly see a lot about, you know, how there's education system works mm -hmm. and it's interesting to me um even in today and i'm starting to see more seeing it happen more in american schools uh different kind of programs that's kind of that's preparing the students for college and uh careers and i'm i'm glad to see that or even careers outside of college exactly because we didn't even really talk about how it changes our education system but there's a big difference there too right well, we want to thank you for tuning into the To Be Decided podcast once again as we just talked a little bit and took a little slice of the pie out of the conversation about the the difference uh, between American culture and others and how it affects how we view the Bible and how it affects uh, the way that we interact with our family or even go out and act socially. And so we just hope that you're able to glean something from this and that you'll continue to tune in each and every Friday as we talk about the things that that are on our hearts and on our minds here on the To Be Decided podcast. Have a good day, and may God bless.